I think it's super common to have fears about intimacy and sex. And one of the reasons I think it's common is because we don't talk about intimacy and sex very often. When you think about Greek life, Christian faith might be the absolute last thing that comes to mind. But we not only believe that it's possible to be Greek and Christian, but also that it's the best way to experience Greek life and grow your faith. We have real, honest conversations about how to approach Greek life from a Christian perspective, including things like recruiting and pledging, drinking and drugs, sex and dating, leadership and philanthropy, and much more. This podcast is by Greeks and for Greeks. Our hosts and guests are all members of fraternities and sororities who collectively have decades worth of experience living out their faith in Greek life. Welcome to the Greek and Christian Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Here we are. Uh, This is almost the last episode of our season on sex. We might have another one, so don't stress out too much. But we are getting towards the end of our season on sex. Um, So this is, we asked you on Instagram what you wanted to hear on the podcast, and you asked for a season on sex and relationships. And you know, as a little reminder, if there's anything we missed, reach out to us because we do want to, you know, keep talk, having the conversations that you want to have on the Greek and Christian podcast. So if you look back and maybe you missed a few episodes, uh, so far this season, we've tackled hookup culture, sexual assault, body image. Gabe, you were on that one with me. Uh, singleness, marriage, pornography. Mm-hmm. Gabe, you were also co-hosting with me on that one. And Gabe, here you are again co-hosting again we haven't scared you away i guess i just you guys really wanted me to come host um the series on sex so let's talk about it great when when i think when we first announced the series on sex it reminded me uh one of one of my pledge brothers he had a sticker on his laptop it just said let's talk about sex and he had it like all throughout college and so anytime we would study it would just, I would just see it on his laptop. So that was like the first thing that came to my mind. So Saeed, nice. shout out Saeed, came to a couple of Greek conferences. I love it. What was the significance of that sticker? Was it like salt and pepper? Like he's a big salt and pepper fan or? I think it was from our, our like the health, the health and the health and something building in at, on campus or something like that where they handed out like condoms and stuff like that. Got it. All right. Well, I'm into it. I'm into having, you know, real open and honest conversations about sex because, you know, as we've been talking about this season, you know, our culture doesn't always do the best job of handling that, our Christian culture, the culture at large, and here we are. Um, Gabe, I do have a side question for you. Last episode you were on, uh, we talked about your birthday. Mm Mm-hmm. And you do have a girlfriend. Uh, I do. And you said that she doesn't like Doug. Has that changed since then? Unfortunately not. Oh. And <laughs> I have shamed her a couple of times about not liking Duck, which is not a good thing to do, which we'll cover today in our podcast. is not something you should do to people. But That's Duck true. is near and dear to my heart. And unfortunately, she's not there yet. And you can't shame anybody into loving something. So I think I just have to let that one go. 
Excellent. Well, yes, Gabe, <laughs> you are correct. This episode is all about uh, shame and fear. And uh, when we asked for uh, topic ideas from you all, our audience, back in the summer, uh, several of you submitted questions around fear and shame. So, like, specifically, how do you deal with fears of sex and intimacy? Um, and then also, like, how do you heal from sexual shame? And so to help us with this topic, we've brought back a past guest, our honorary Greek InterVarsity sex educator, Kristen Neely. Hey, Kristen. Hey, love hearing that title. I'm really vibing with it. <laughs> I'll have to like, make you uh, a nameplate to put on the door of well, your I, office. Or... I think I want Gabe's room old pledge brothers or roommates um little sticker yeah I want that sticker let's computer. talk about sex that's perfect it's a good sticker i just i'm gonna go to your like health department or you know student health services mm -hmm. and ask for one yeah oh, i love it i love it well mm -hmm. if you did not hear uh the episode that Kristen was on she talked about pornography it's excellent i highly recommend you go back and watch and listen to it uh, Kristen, as a reminder to the audience, she's a Greek IV alum. She was a student leader in Greek University at the University of Illinois, and she is a Kappa Alpha Theta alumna. Uh, Wait, and Kristen, what? I didn't what? know. I didn't what? know that you were a Theta. Why did, we have so many Thetas? Oh my gosh! Yeah, man, Thetas are the bomb. They're the best that oh there gosh. is. Well, apparently, maybe Gabe I, I was, was not, not paying, paying attention, attention in our last <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I don't know if I can have you back to oh, co-host, Gabe. I just, oh, man. I don't know. I always have to keep in the back of my mind we'll see. where my DU stock is in terms of Allison's ranking system. So, yeah, I mean, you I need did to make slip. sure I'm performing at my best. You did slip, but you have 20 minutes, the next 20 minutes to prove yourself. So, all right, please take that to heart. Take it seriously. <laughs> well, Anyway, Kristen, <laughs> since you've already shared about the worst sex or dating advice you've ever heard, we had to come up with a different question for you for this episode. So uh, this is about fear and shame. You know, sh embarrassment often comes with shame. Uh, so Kristen, do you have like an embarrassing thing that ever happened to you on a date? So Allison, I did think of a few embarrassing moments on dates and I'm not gonna lie, the ones I thought of were like funny, haha, -ha, embarrassing. But then I thought about our topic for today and how it's about fear and shame. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get a little bit serious, but also can laugh about it now. My embarrassing date moment took place abroad. I was in Italy and you know, I'm fighting the shame even now, but I was wearing white pants and you can guess what's coming there. I got my period. I didn't know it was coming and it was real bad. Like I had to run into a random church that just happened to be there because churches are all over Europe and, you know, get some amenities and carried a literal like bag in front of myself the rest of the day until I could go and change my clothing. But I was there with several people, um, one of whom is my now husband. So, you know, it really um, broke, took, took down uh, the guard and we were, we were all in, I guess. So there it is. There it is. <laughs> Shame around bodily function, you know? Well, thank you for that vulnerable story. Uh, 
Yes. And <laughs> I'm excited for this topic because I think shame is one of those things that really isolates people. Um, it can make you feel like you're totally alone and that, you know, I, there's a lot we're going to unpack about shame, I think, in this episode. But, you know, when we start talking about these stories that we have, we realize, oh, we're not alone. Um, and maybe this shame we're feeling is not something God intended for us to feel. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think, Gabe, are you going to kick us off uh, chit-chatting here with Kristen yeah. about shame and fear? Yeah, transitioning us. So why do you think there is so much shame associated with sex and even around like our bodily functions? Yeah, I think this is a really good question. Um, I think, you know, we know when we read Genesis that shame entered in after Adam and Eve sinned. Like they're literally, it's so hard for me to imagine and probably you all too, being completely naked around other human beings and feeling no shame and in front of God and just feeling no shame. Like even around spouses, like, or, you know, good friends, like many, many of us feel shame around our naked body and, or our partially naked body. And it's hard to imagine what it was like before the fall, but Adam and Eve ran and hid because of shame, like that entered in with sin. And so we know right from the beginning that shame was not of the Lord, that he was not putting that on us, that he was not um, asking us to bear that shame alone or that it wasn't like this godly trait he was imparting on us, but rather it came because of our sin. And I think an important differentiation is, um, you know, we do feel guilty for sin. Like that's natural. We feel guilty when we steal or lie or cheat. I mean, when we do something wrong and guilt tells you like, okay, yeah, I did something bad. I feel guilty for that. But shame really comes in and says like, I am bad. Like I am unlovable. I am unworthy. You know, I'm disgusting. I'm ugly because of what I did. And that's just a totally different thing because that is identity. That's identity related. Mm -hmm. And that is not who we are. Um, that is not who we are at all. And when I thought of the word shame, I thought about how, um, in the word, you know, when Jesus is going towards the cross, it says that he, um, that he scorned the shame of the cross. Like, like he hated it. Um, he despised the, the shame of, of the cross. Like he just, he just hated shame. And so I think about that as like, okay, this is not, this is very much not of God. This is coming from the evil one. And so I can fight it with the help of the Lord and by looking at who I am in him and not just what I'm not as a human being. I like that uh, you made that differentiation between guilt and shame. Um, Cause I think guilt is something that's healthy for us. Like when we do something, uh, you know, that we feel guilt over, I think it's a sign, you know, to us that that's not what God intends for us. Um, but shame, I like is saying like, I'm bad. So guilt is, Oh, I regret that I did X, Y, and Z, or I regret you know, that I looked at porn or that I hooked up with that guy last night or that girl last night, whereas shame is, you know, I am broken. I am bad. Um, and that's not from God. That's not what God uh, says over us. In this life, on this earth, we are living in the flesh and we are broken and we are struggling with sin. But to struggle with it is very human. To identify alone by it 
is not what God wants for us. Mm. That is, that's what the evil one wants. Mm. You know, he wants us to identify by our sin, but we are not identified by our sin. Um, we are identified by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are redeemed where we are a new creation. And so there is a difference in guilt and shame. And it's a lot to do with your heart towards it and kind of your mind, like what, what your thoughts are around it. And if it has to do with your identity, it's probably shame. It's probably shame focused. Yeah. I love that you articulated that piece about shame being tied to our identities, because that's why I think it feels like it's so hard to, to shake off uh, for us that, that shame. Um, but what advice do you have for people and, and how, how we can break free from, from the weight of shame? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think this is a lifelong process. Like, I don't think anybody has, the, if you're looking for an easy answer to that question, you probably won't find it because shame is a very heavy thing. And shame relates to our sin, but it also relates to our experiences. It relates to what was done to us, um, what happened to us. Um, and so it's messy. And I think it's a long process. But one thing we can do, because I mentioned identity, with shame is we can fix our eyes on Jesus. So what does that actually mean? Like it means that we look to him, that we admit to him, that we confess and we spend time with him, that we um, look at the word and say, who am I actually? Like, what are the promises of the word and what do they say about who I am? Um, what do they say about who he is? Because again, I think we, we, we fixate on what we're not especially in shame mm. or guilt, like what we're not, what we're not. And Christ offers himself to us. And so we can focus on what we're not, or we can look and see who he is, like how he is everything that we are never going to be um, until heaven. Um, and so I would say it's almost like a turning of, of eyesight, like a turning of your view um, to look at the one who can free you from that shame. Because counseling is wonderful and, and talking to others is wonderful and fellowship but the only one who can free you from that shame at the end of the day is christ himself and if people are turning you towards him or helping you turn towards him that's amazing um keep seeking those people out but the only thing we can do to break free of shame is to keep going to jesus with it and to recognize it in our own life i completely agree uh in my journey with shame the things that helped me the most uh, were going to scripture and reading, what does God say about me? How does God see me? Um, and then spending time in prayer. I mean, Gabe shared a story uh, on the episode about porn where God really met him in this healing way in a time of prayer. And that's been huge for me too, of taking scripture with me, you know, sitting in prayer and just inviting Jesus into that space and asking him, Jesus, how do you see me? And just waiting to hear what he says, or even visualizing that he's in the room with me and asking that question. And um, it's never the things I fear. You know, he never says, you know, you're broken, you're dirty, you're unlovable. You know, he says, like you said, Kristen, like, sure, yeah, you are broken by sin, but, you know, I was broken for you, or I see you and I love you. Um, and those have been the really healing moments for me in my journey with shame. So we're talking about shame a little bit generally, 
Um, but, and, you know, we talked a little bit about shame associated with sex and relationships. And I think specifically uh, for people who have been abused or sexually assaulted, um, the, the fight with shame is really hard. And I, I want to say to those people, um, just in this moment, you didn't do anything to uh, deserve that abuse. Like, it's not your fault um, that if you were sexually assaulted, that's not your fault. Um, I think those messages can be communicated in the church. Um, and when shame is involved with that, it's just so hard. Um, and so, Kristen, I'd like to hear from you uh, for people who are survivors of abuse and assault and they're wrestling with shame. What do you think God uh, wants to say to them? First of all, I think that God wants to say that he sees you. Um, I do a Bible study um, every year with a group of women. And one year we were studying um, the story of Hagar and Sarai. Um, and Hagar gets pregnant and she's unwed. Um, she's kind of forced into the pregnancy. Um, she doesn't really have anybody who loves her. And now the guy's actual wife, Sarah, is very jealous. And her jealousy is just like in full rage. And so Hagar runs. She like runs to the desert. Um, many of you are probably familiar with the story. And she's alone. And in that, um, and I think as a, as a woman in particular, I can appreciate her just crying out to the Lord. Like, why? Like, I have been abused and I have been hurt. And, and now I'm feeling the scorn essentially of this other woman too, who maybe she had some fellowship with at some point. I don't know, but she's in the desert. She's alone and she's crying out to God. Why? Which is something many of us do, especially when we're, when we're hurt. Um, and she ends up calling him, you know, he, he answers her and she ends up calling him the God who sees. And I think that is really powerful because we talked about this in the episode on porn and it's a powerful image. God is present. Like he is present in our hardest moments, in our moments where we're just in total grief, um, in our moments where we feel very alone. Like, like Christ is not a distant God. He is present with us, not only in the room, but he knows our battles um, and he loves us. And just like you were saying, Allison, like he and Gabe in the last podcast, like he speaks to us in those. Um, I have definitely had moments where I cried out, why did this happen, God? Why did you allow this in my life? And I have heard his voice. Like, I know your pain. I mean, just clear as day, practically. Um, he he sees you. He loves you. Um, he hates what happened to you. Like, he hates it. Um, there, there will be justice. Um, and he wants he wants you to cry out to him in your pain. And he can take it. Like he's not unaware or surprised by it. He can take it. Um, and you will likely just be amazed at how he blesses you in that moment and, and how the Holy Spirit ministers to you as well. Audience, if you didn't listen to this episode, we did a replay of our episodes on sexual assault for this season. Um, and Kristen, you raised a really good point um, about that, that God sees you and that there will be justice. Maybe not, if not in this life, there will be um, when we're with him together again, um, he will make all things that were wrong, uh, right again. Um, and I would encourage you to go back into and listen to the episode part one specifically, um, because 
we talk a lot about, you know, how does God feel about sexual assault? And I'm with you, Kristen. He hates it. It was never part of his design um, for sex to be used as something that hurts um, or that takes away um, the, the control that we have over our bodies. Earlier, you talked about uh, God's original design and how in Genesis, when Adam and Eve were naked and ashamed, um, and kind of that being a little bit of the start of where we feel some shame around our bodies, around intimacy and sex. And we've had a lot of questions from our listeners asking about fear of intimacy and sex for this podcast. Is it common for us to have fears about sex and intimacy? Great question, Gabe. I think it's super common to have fears about intimacy and sex. And one of the reasons I think it's common is because we don't talk about intimacy and sex very often. I mean, I know your pledge friend had like, you know, your pledge brother had the let's talk about sex because the health center or whatever was talking about it. Like they were passing out condoms and that kind of thing. But the thing is, is we don't actually get into serious conversations like this and like this series about sex from a young age. And so there's a certain discomfort around it because even though we see it around us, like everywhere in TV shows and on ads and, you know, pornography and, um, in music, like we hear about it, we don't actually get in a conversation. So I think that's one piece is there's not a model for most people growing up of how to talk about sex and intimacy and to not be shameful. Um, I had shame at the beginning of my sex ed career because I wondered if I should even be talking about sex. I had totally not understood that sex was from the Lord and his creation. But rather, I got this assignment of you're going to teach sex. And I was like, oh, no, I think that that's bad because it's bad to talk about sex because that's what I knew. That's what I knew growing up is that it's shameful. So um, which was which was not correct, but was something I had learned by never hearing about it. So I think that's one piece. Um, the second thing, the second reason I think that there's fear around intimacy and sex is because um, there are a lot of questions that people have, but there's not always the best answers out there. And so you might go to Google for your, for answers, or you might go to a, a friend who you know doesn't really know what they're talking about, um, or you might hear a sermon and it just seems something seems off to you. It's not helpful. Um, it doesn't even necessarily seem like it's founded in biblical scripture. And so there's a lot of confusion around what it means and what it's supposed to look like. You might read a book by a great you know, Christian pastor, or a great Christian author, and there's some confusing messages in it. That's certainly happened in our culture. Um, and confusion creates uh, fear as well. And so mm. we have we have fear about that. And then there's just the practical aspects of this is something I've never done, or this is something maybe I don't have experience with. So I am therefore a little bit scared. This is a, probably not the best metaphor, but like the first time you go on a roller coaster, like you're just like, I don't know what to expect. Um, and so there's that aspect too, um, of like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to want or, or even get from this. Like, is, is this something that I'm supposed to be doing? And is it supposed to feel like this? And those yeah. questions, which are natural. Yeah. I love that you articulated the I feel like you really articulated the way that I feel like my generation, maybe even younger millennials, like grew up in this in this push pull of like, oh, the culture really talks about sex, but like not holistically. Like there's a there's a piece missing, but then also like the church and 
the church and my parents and the people who have discipled me don't really talk about sex. So I just don't know what is going on. And now I think we're really getting to this point in this time in our, our culture and society where like, we're really trying to ask the questions of like, what is sex? Like what has God designed sex to be? And it's really cool that we have like spaces like this podcast to ask these questions and for our listeners to ask their questions. And Yeah. And I think that's the hope on our podcast is that we can provide a place where you can hear, you know, the guests that we bring on, we really think that they are called by God in the areas that we interview them about. Um, And I know Kristen, you have really devoted the last several years of your life to finding what God says about sex in the Bible. um, And also like your training um, that you've received at the university and and sorting through that. And um, yeah, I'm just wondering, you know, as Gabe said, you know, we, I, it, it feels like there's something missing in how we talk about sex and, and the fear that comes with that. And so what are we to do? Like with the fear uh, that we might be carrying about intimacy or sex, like how are we, how, how can we deal with that? How can we really get through that? Yes, absolutely. Um, I would encourage people with fears around intimacy and sex to investigate why like there is a big difference between I've never done something so I have some natural questions about it I need to ask versus um, I have fear because there was assault or trauma in my past versus I was given probably incorrect information and so I would suggest and advise really looking into like what are your fears can you even verbalize them Um, are they real or are they imagined? Meaning like, you know, is it something that really could happen or is really um, an actual possibility or is it a fear based on something, you know, in your past you haven't dealt with, or is it just something that you heard one time and you're just like, won't stop obsessively thinking about it where in that case it'd be more of an imagined fear. Um, so I would really encourage your listeners to look at their fears, which is scary. Um, But look at your fears, name them, say what they are, um, and consider, you know, are these something I can talk about with my partner? Are these something we can talk about in marital counseling or premarital counseling? Um, You know, if you're engaged, um, is this something where I need to find a resource that could be helpful to me? Is this something I could bring to a close friend of mine? Um, And really start to think about, okay, what are my fears and where could I turn with these? Or is it something I need to take again to the Lord? Sometimes this relates to shame more, but sometimes um, we have a fear or, or shame because we have trauma we haven't dealt with. Like we haven't, you know, kind of recognized what happened to us, called it what it is and sought out counsel. And so I think there's a lot of shame or fear because there's potential traumas in our past that we haven't, we haven't dealt with, whether it's exposure to porn or abuse or, you know, neglect from parents. Um, We all carry a lot of baggage and a lot of experiences that we really need to face and call them what they are and start to move forward. And so I think that creates fear and shame in our lives is, is not dealing with things that have happened in our past. 
um, even if we thought at the time they were no big deal. Um, we really need to look at those. And I will definitely, Allison, be sending you some some links that you can put just practic practically for your listeners to say, well, okay, I want to go for more, you know, kind of holy sexuality information. Where where but where do I go for to find out? That yeah, that's what I was gonna ask, Kristen, because like if yeah. not Google, if not porn, right. you know, where can right. we turn to to get like yes. helpful information about sex and yeah. yeah. Um, there are Christians working in this realm, um, definitely. So some of my favorite resources are Authentic Intimacy, which focuses on holy sexuality and sexual brokenness. Um, it has great resources. There's podcasts uh, with Authentic Intimacy. They're on Instagram. You can listen to their Java with Julie podcast. Another one I really like um, is called Pure Sex Radio. It's by a man named Jonathan Darty, who's out of Georgia, I believe. Um, and he has a ministry called Be Broken uh, Ministry. And he has a great, like amazing podcast, uh, again, called Pure Sex Radio, but they really delve into a ton in kind of short bites. Um, and then I love Sheila Gregor's book called The Great Sex Rescue, The Great Sex Rescue. So this is a book um, that kind of breaks down purity culture and what lies we believed in the early 2000s about sex from Christian sources. And I will say it's pretty bold. She definitely calls out a lot of people, but she also has a podcast and, and things like that. So there's definitely, those are just a few. Um, there's a great book called Unwanted, which I mentioned in the last podcast. There, there's stuff out there. You just kind of got to search for a while to find it, which is tricky, but I'm happy to send those along. And all the links to those resources will be in the podcast description. So you guys can check those out. But our last question for today, as we've talked about sex, is what hope can we have for God to redeem our sex lives and relationships? Yeah, this is a really important question. Like, can God really redeem our sex lives, our relationships? I mentioned various scripture references a few times, and this isn't to sound like extra Christian or like holy or something. This is truly because these stories are real. They're true. And if God can redeem those stories, he can redeem our stories. I think many of us have that testimony or that story where we are like, for me, it's like crying inside a closet, like on the ground, asking God why. And I can remember this moment because God spoke to me so powerfully. And I feel like you all don't, you know, know my whole story, but if, if God can redeem that, he can redeem anything. If God can redeem, you know, torture and crucifixion on a cross of the only perfect human to ever live, like he can redeem it all. Um, and that's not to simplify what's happened to us or, or our fear and our shame around sex, um, but rather to point us to a bigger picture of who God is, of how much he loves us, um, of how much he desires to be in relationship with us. Again, he's not surprised by anything. Like he's not surprised by any of this. Um, but Sex is, in my opinion, sex is the kind of field that Satan works a ton in. And it's to like break people apart. Like it is to rip apart families, rip apart um, kids from, from their parents and, and marriages and um, women and men. Like he just wants to destroy us. And um, that can be frightening, except for we have a savior who already is victorious. Um, and there's a recognition of that when I look at my savior that 
that's super helpful and reminds me that there is hope, that there is hope and we'll experience sin in this world, absolutely. But also we have the next world to look forward to and we have joy now, like present day because of his goodness and his love for us. So there is hope. And don't believe the lie, because it is a lie that there is not, that you are hopeless, that your situation is hopeless, that this will never be redeemed. I mean, I have heard some crazy testimonies and, you know, I'm not that old, like I'm only in my 30s, like, I don't know, um, crazy testimonies from people because people share their stories with me a lot because of my background in sex education, craziness of what God redeems and provides in, um, and I just know, I just know that he's going to do that in your life too. That's a good word, Kristen. Um, and I think, you know, to recap what you said, God is not surprised. He's not. I mean, he's not, it did not take him by surprise if you looked at pornography last night. You know, it did not take him by surprise um, if you felt like you screwed up in a dating relationship and, and he was right there with you, loving you and looking at you with love. Um, when someone chose to abuse you, he was right there with you. Um, and so I think for many of us, our first step in handling these fears and shame in the ways that sex has become broken for us is to sit with God in that. And like Kristen talked about, what does he say about me? What is the truth that he says about me in scripture? Um, and what would he say to me in this moment? And then, but not to stop there. I mean, God made us for community. He made us for relationship. And the thing that shame does is it separates us from people. It, it gets us alone. Like you talked about the enemy wants us to be alone and to be held kind of in slavery by this shame. And yet God desires us to be in community. And so also talking with someone that you trust, um, whether that's a trusted mentor, um, a trusted friend um, about, you know, where you're carrying shame um, with regard to sex and relationships. And yeah, so that was really good, Kristen. Um, heavy topic, but a good one. Um, and just so our listeners know, I mean, you've heard me share personal stories. You've heard Gabe share personal stories. You're not alone. Uh, you know, God has been with us in our shame and he offers hope and redemption. Our lives aren't perfect. You know, God is still working with us. And I mean, yeah, he, his uh, grace and mercy for us does not ever run out. Um, and so we hope that you hear that. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want to get connected with Greek Varsity, like maybe you heard me talk about, you know, tell a trusted mentor or friend about, you know, what is maybe causing you shame in your life. And you're like, man, I wish I had that. Greek Varsity wants to provide that for you. We have men and women who've gone through Greek life. They know what you've gone through. Uh, they're on the other side of college. Like I said, we're not perfect. <laughs> Gabe and I are both on staff with Greek InterVarsity. Uh, but we're here uh, to be that non-judgmental listening ear um, and to pray for you and to help you figure out this whole Greek and Christian thing. And so if that's something that you are longing for, all you have to do is go to GreekIV.org, fill out that contact card, and we will get in touch with you. Um, and make sure to follow us on Instagram as well at Greek, Greek IV uh, to hear what we're up to. Uh, and Kristen, thank you again for coming back and being an amazing guest on our show. And Gabe, thanks for being my awesome co-host. 
Thanks for having me, guys. The Greek and Christian Podcast is produced by Greek InterVarsity, a nonprofit college ministry for fraternity and sorority students. Our ultimate vision is to see every fraternity and sorority connected to a community of Greek Christians so that every Greek is just one friend away from knowing and following Jesus. To learn more, find a community on campus, or partner with us, visit greek.intervarsity.org.